Welcome to HeartCast, a podcast of Hospice of the Red River Valley. I'm your host, Dave Nillis. Today we are joined by Tracy Capron, Executive Director of Hospice of the Red River Valley. Tracy, 2021 marks a special year for Hospice of the Red River Valley. Yes, it does. It's an extremely special year. This year marks the incredible milestone of serving this community for 40 years, providing comfort and care through life's journey to our community. In 1981, Hospice of the Red River Valley became the first hospice west of the Mississippi to be Medicare certified. We became officially a hospice organization. Our founders and a host of volunteers, those were the dreamers, the believers, with the wisdom, foresight, and clarity of vision that brought hospice services to our region. They believed everyone including those who faced end of life, deserve dignity and quality of life. And I always say self-determination to be able to live life the way they want. They could see a better future for our community members as they worked tirelessly to translate the idea of hospice into reality. What does that look like to care for someone in their home? Everybody wants to be in their home. And how are we going to make that happen? And these founders did that. Our history is humbling. It's profound. It's filled with leaders, innovators, thinkers, doers, selfless, tireless individuals who embrace this important cause with passion and determination. And you know what? They didn't settle for anything less than full services and a licensed hospice. And thanks to their efforts, countless community advocates who have come after them and our mission today, the community owns our organization. We have a board of volunteers. We have volunteers that help in the office, that help with our patient. This is a community-owned organization. And the people that work here live and work in this community caring for their loved ones. You said a word in there, humbling. And it is very kind of humble and somewhat modest beginnings. The organization, as it enters its 40th year this year, still continues to stick to that original mission. But it, it also has evolved in some ways. Can you talk about how it has continued to evolve? I can, but I want to go back to the statement about humbling. Truly, when you work in the hospice world, we are so blessed to be able to serve the community. And it is sacred ground. You're going in and helping someone at a point in their life where every minute and every moment counts. So they saw the importance of making that family um, and the patient the center of the care and letting them drive how we can help them. So that's important. And we have evolved because what we've said is hospice, you know, that's through end of life's journey. There's a time before that, that people need guidance and they need care. What happens is when an illness affects a family or um, the patient, well, first of all, when an illness affects the patient, it affects the family and vice versa. What we have to remember though, is it's hard to navigate the system, multiple doctors, health systems. What we needed to do was put things in place that allowed families to have the opportunity to learn about where they were, what they were facing in their disease and to start making decisions before it became a crisis. So that same mission of providing comfort and care through life's journey continues to inspire us. Um, it guides our staff, our volunteers, and it garners the respect of our expertise in the communities. The future promised to be equally transformative. 
people are going back to, and I'm going to say, and I always, we have the doctor that comes to your home, the old black bag doctor. I always, I date myself with Marcus Walby. But the point of it is, is care provided in your home. When it is a struggle to get out, I always think of the weather. And every day I walk in myself, am I going to slip? What's this look like? Can I get out? You know, we're able to come to the home to help people so that they don't have to wait till the last minute. And there, we try to prevent the crises. Um, it may be someone struggling with dementia. North Dakota has um, a very large dementia population, and we are the second highest in the country for death from dementia. So those numbers speak very clearly to me. How do we offer more services that have um, specialization towards that, you know, person with that particular illness or, or chronic disease. So we have experts that are able to come in and help work with that also. But sometimes as Alzheimer's advances and dementia stages advance, it becomes more of a problem to get out than to stay in our normal routine and normal environment. So we send someone to the patient and family in the community. That's transformative in this day and age. And we're one of those countries on the forefront of what we call home-based primary care. We continue to enter the hearts. I mean, I want to say the homes. We continue in the homes of people. But you know what? They enter our heart and we enter their heart because being invited into someone's home is truly a privilege. So we take that privilege very seriously. And we are expanding our services and our care models based on the needs that we see in the community with our patients and families. Some of those communities we've added here recently. Can you talk a little bit about that kind of not only the services that we've added, but the the growth we've seen in serving areas that have historically been underserved. Absolutely. And what drives us, and I, here's my premise, we live in rural farm America. We are, about a third of our state has no services in the home at all. The farmers are the backbone of our nation, right? They provide, you know, basic life necessity to us. They have, I mean, it's generations living on these farms, you know, and children and more future generations going to live on these farms. We need to make sure they have the, the services they need. You know, when they walk out their front door that they've walked out of for 70 years, how do we keep them walking out that front door or seeing out that window? So we have decided and, and our vision for our organization is we want to make sure that everybody that needs care can get it. So we have started on that journey. We opened an office in Bismarck. There are a lot of underserved regions throughout our entire state, but we figured we start on the east side and go to the west and then we're going to meet everybody in between. We go up to Devil's Lake. Langdon towards the Canadian border. I mean, those are rural areas. So we're going where people need us. One step at a time, though. You've touched on this a little bit, but what, what do you want people to know about hospice of the Red River Valley? What, what sets our organization apart? It's our heart. The people that work here and the way they care for um, the community, the way they care for our patients and our families, that's what sets us apart. When you can walk in and you can see these nurses and aides and social workers and chaplains, you know, all disciplines. I, I mean, I go into the home with these families and I'm just in awe of the kindness, the compassion, the expertise that they provide, you know, to our, our patients and our families. So that sets us apart. And when I talk about 40 years, 40 years of experience, you learn a lot over 40 years. I've been doing this for 25 and I still learn every day, but I'm so thankful for that rich history that allows me to do a better job in the future. And that's what sets us apart. We have physicians, nurse practitioners, a lot of certified staff or nursing staff, aides. 
social workers that are certified in their profession. And that advanced, um, I call it an advanced education, really does. It takes you to that next level. And then they can share their knowledge with new people that are coming in so that we all are advancing in, our, in a learning organization, right? We always have to be learning. And we provide 24-7 support. That means day or night you can call us. It's interesting, at 2 a.m., you can get a call, and it's like, we need you. You know, this is what's happening. We can't do this. We need help. And you know what? We go at 2 a.m. We make that happen. Because if someone's coming, calling us and, and they need us, we need to be, be there for them. And that is what we do. Throughout, you've used the phrase or the, the word community, and um, or Hospice of the Red River Valley is a community-owned organization. What is, what is the importance of being community-owned? The ability that all of the decisions that we make come from the patient family chair. So when we make a decision on our staffing and our budgets or how many people you have, like actually boots on the ground is what I call them, we make those decisions based on the patient and family, and we have the ability to call that shot at all times. And it's not the hierarchy and the bureaucracy that you have to go to in a large institution. You know, if someone comes and says, a family needs this, okay, how do we make it happen? So that's huge. The other thing is when you are community-owned, we are not um, held to, like, you can only go this many miles to see a patient. You know what? We talk to the team and say, okay, how can we make this work? So I always say, let's start with yes, and then let's figure out how to get there. That is what we can do. The other part is we rely on the support of the community for also for some donations. We want to make sure that we can provide those extra things, you know, for our patients and families. I always think about when I say community owned, I think about the mom and there's one in particular I think about. She, you know, she was struggling with a disease, you know, with cancer and her children and they wanted something so simple and it was to go make pots. And I'm like, okay, how do we set that up? What can we do? That's why our donors in our community provide support for these families. It's to do help provide those extra things. It's to help make sure that our staff that are traveling 200 miles to see a patient, that we have the resources to do that. It's really, really kind of summing up a lot of what you said is creating those more meaningful moments for patients and their families. Um, can you just talk about that, how that factors into what we do? Well, hospice is about living, right? And it's, it's about living until the last moment that we're here. When I say a meaningful moment is different for everybody, a meaningful moment might be going in and sitting at the kitchen table and having your cup of coffee and your muffin that you do every morning, you know what I mean? And, or sitting there and watching your favorite movie together. And I always say, I always think about um, the hospice patients, they wanted to have popcorn parties, you know, movie night, you know, and how, how do we make that happen and bring everyone together to do that? You know, every moment counts in our life and hospice is actually a gift. You know, when you know that you're struggling or dealing with an illness, and I can speak specifically for myself, the minute you know, it's like, wow, now we have to deal with and figure out how to work through this disease. How do we keep life as normal as possible? And how do we make it the best it can be? So yeah, we want to create meaningful moments. They can be simple and they could be more grand. You know, it's up to the patient and family. I always say to them, what's the number one thing I could do for you? And what's the most important thing for you? If there was one thing, what would it be? And that is meaningful to them. I love that visual that you gave earlier about, um, you know, the farmer that's had that view out the front window for 70 years. How do we keep them being able to see that view? 
it's really about aging in place. And I know you've touched about that quite a bit. What does aging in place mean and how do you accomplish that? Well, aging in place means how do we provide the resources, the staffing? And I always, well, let me go back. What I always tell people, I'm going to teach you, you know, the best possible outcome and the worst possible outcome so that we can plan along the way so that we have ultimately the best outcome no matter which way it goes. And I always say their goals are the priority in this. And when, um, when you are driving your care towards a person's goals, that is the best outcome because that's what they want. That's what they desire. You know, I would say if you think of a, a, a taxi cab or a bus, you know, they're in the front seat and we're helping them get where they want to go the way they want to go. And that's self-determination. And there's nothing more important to people. I mean, if you think of Rural Farm America, and I farmed too, you know, you're independent, you're on your own, you're relying on resources, some that you rely on things that maybe you can't control, like the weather, right? But, you know, if the weather's an issue, then you call your neighbors to come help you. I mean, that's what we are. We're all in this together. So we want to keep people at home and we will call in other resources outside of ourselves if, if need be. Or experts in um, certain thing. It may have been as much as they want to design an advanced directive. You know, what does that look like? Yes, we can help. If you need more than that, then we can, you know, help you find the, the right legal counsel. After 40 years of serving this community, right, in the hospice industry and recognizing the need for um, more care earlier, you know, to make this better and more possible to stay at home. We also have to look and we have to work with, you know, legislators. We have to work with health partners in the community and develop plans together on how we're going to help people stay at home and age in place. I always say, and some people may make the decision that they can't stay at their home and they may need a, a little bit more care. They might decide to go to an apartment or assisted living. How do we also help maintain uh, another disruption in their life? You know, when they've made that decision to go to a smaller place, you know, that was a huge move, you know, after 40 years or 50 years. So let's not have another move. You know, let's put resources in place that allow them to stay in the place that they've chosen. That's very important. The ability to stay in one's home is often a critical importance to people as they age. I mean, if I asked you, you know, most people, where do you want to be? I know where I want to be. I want to be at home. I want the grandkids coming over, you know, and my kids coming to visit me. I want to be outside on my front porch. And I, I literally sit in my rocking chair and I love my flowers. I mean, those are the things that bring me joy, right? And those joys happen at home. So it's very, very important. To further support this desire, we've taken our mission further to not only provide comfort and care through life's journey, but to do what's right for the patient along that continuum of care. And that's when I talked about before you know, the last stages of their illness. Actually, you can call us when you are diagnosed and we can help with decision-making. And what are your plans for the future? It's the right care, right place, right time. It's imperative. After 40 years of uh, Hospice of the River Valley serving hospice patients, there's also a, a sister organization that you've created. So if we could talk a little bit about that, it ties into the aging in place. And you mentioned the continuum of care, getting to people earlier when and where they need help. Can you talk about house calls? Absolutely, house calls. So proud of house calls. It's our sister company of Hospice of the Red River Valley. It was founded two years ago. It gave people access to healthcare resources and options in their home or wherever they call home that anything that they need as far as, and I, the term primary care is what, but it's your doctor, right? 
if the doctor coming to you. And those are the people that I talked about earlier that are challenged with getting out of the home or it's hard for the family um, to get them out of the home. We bring the care to them. And one of the expressions someone said, so you mean the doctor's office is our living room? It's our waiting room? And I said, yes, it is. That's exactly right. And there is no wait. And we have the time. And honestly, when you go into a house, and one of the things that I love best about doing this work is when you enter someone's home too, you know, if they have certain challenges, I can physically see them and I can help them and assist them or we can or our staff can on building a plan to make it more conducive for their living environment to be able to stay home safely. It's, it's incredible. House Calls offers primary care appointments. We also have something called palliative care. It's where we work with your doctor, right? Your primary care doctor, we're a consultant. So you've got something that's out of control. Like, oh my gosh, my, my poor leg and my back hurt all the time. And I'm struggling, you know, with pain and symptom management. Your doctor can order a palliative care consult. We come into your home and assess all of those things. And then we work with them to develop a plan. Therefore, two brains sometimes better than one, right? And let's bring those resources into your home. That's the most vital portion. That's the part the doctor doesn't see. Sometimes people think it's hard, you know, to let people into your home. You know, we come in because we respect that privilege of being into your home. That's sacred ground to a patient family. So we treat it as such during that process. We also ask, you know, what else do you think that you need, right? Or here are some suggestions for you that helps people, you know, maintain their lifestyle at home. We specialize in caring for adults with complex illnesses. Those are the challenges. I always think of my mother. You got a cardiologist, you got a pulmonologist, you got a family doctor. Then let's throw in, you've got PT. I mean, oh, oh don't forget the, the dietitian for her diabetes. You know, all of these people. And I say we're the ultimate puzzle makers. You know, we take all of these pieces of someone's life, you know, their health life, um, and personal life, actually, spiritual, emotional. I mean, we can help with all of those things. And we help make a beautiful picture out of it for the people to make good decisions. Take all the pieces, gather all the information, and present it in a way that families and patients can understand. And once they understand all of that, you take the complex and make it simple, right? All the pieces into one picture, then, you know, we can do so much more for somebody because they then can make better choices for them for what they want. You know, I always think about you spend your life living the way you want to live, right? We all do that. Growing older should be continued the same way. And I always said, we need to honor that and honor people that we serve with that. When I go in to see a patient, you know, that's had much more life experience with me, the wisdom, the knowledge, the guidance, you know, that I gain from them, it's truly a blessing. I'm helping them, but truly they help me, you know, and that's how our staff feels about serving our patients and families. Tracy, we've we've given a nod to the past and the founding of Hospice of the River Valley in the past 40 years. We've talked about the presence of it as well. Where are we going into the future? The best gift, I call it a gem. We're providing a gem to our community. We are building the first freestanding hospice house in the state of North Dakota. And there's not anywhere anywhere close in Minnesota, you know, that has this. When I say what is a hospice house or hospice inpatient unit? You know, people have different needs at different times. They may need a break. 
You know, when you're caring for your family and you've been doing it, I think I did it for 18 months. And, you know, if something comes up and or they might need a break from me, actually, you don't know. You know, this hospice house can be used. We have respite stays, like a five day, five night stay. And the most beautiful home-like setting that you can imagine. Someone may be at home and we're struggling with getting symptoms under control. Or the family's like, something's not right here. What do you do? You know, a hospice house, these private home, and it is a home-like setting. You have private rooms. You have guest suites for families if they need to stay there. We have outdoor playgrounds. And I always say what, what's best about a hospice house is what's the most important thing to me, right? My grandkids and kids. And that's what it is to a lot of people. But they go into a hospital. It's like it's you can see the fear, right? And then you see all the things around you. When you go into a hospice house, you can literally, I said, I walk in and I'm like, you can just feel the peace. You can feel the safety. You can have the children go over to the soda fountain. You can have the children play in the playroom. You know, there'll be an outdoor playground too. There'll be a pond. There will be gardens that people can walk into. Every patient can leave their room through double doors, even if they can't get out of bed and be part of nature and see the beauty of it that surrounds them. I mean, nobody wants to be stuck in a room. The other thing that I would like to mention, and it's very, very important, it's never too early to call and to find out what resources as you plan, you know, what your future or life will be like, you know, as, as we age or as our illness progresses. So please feel free to reach out and call. Someone can meet with you. They can discuss with you. They can share those options so that they can, you know, you, we can honor your choices. Is there anything else you'd like to add? A very, very important thing that I would like to say is, you know, thank you. I mean, to the people that started this organization, you know, the volunteers, the community, the nurses, the staff, all of the people that made this happen. I'm sitting here, at, you know, in my office, grateful and thankful to be serving this community because of them. Our staff that are out there today and that are there providing this compassion and expert care to our community, they're a blessing. And I thank them because... They do an outstanding job serving others. Thank you for listening to HeartCast. For past episodes and more information about Hospice of the Red River Valley, visit hrrv.org.